0: You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected.
1: Uh, We're in a series called Built to Thrive. Everyone turn to your neighbor and say, you are built to thrive. You're built to thrive. This is a stewardship series And what we're identifying is that this built-to-thrive idea of our time, talent, treasure, really it affects every area of our lives. We started by talking with how we uh, manage our time, and we talked about Sabbath, we talked that we are made to work and then to rest. Work and then to rest, and we need to manage our time in that way. But it's not just the rest—the one day a week—that we're resting. We are accountable and stewards of all our time, every single moment of every day. We also talked about the talents that we are God's workmanship. He, we are His masterpiece. God has created us with purpose and a plan. And when we understand that, at the end of uh, the message last week, Pastor Bobby, we said, what is our response? We should say yes to whatever God has for us to do, to put our hands to the plow and to get busy. And the goal ultimately is to be a godly steward, where we're experiencing abundant life, the blessed life, we're fulfilled, where there's peace and joy. And the picture that God gave me for this series, in fact, I want you to do with me, is just hands up like this. We we live our lives like this so we can receive from the Lord, but we also can give. We are able to uh, participate with the Lord. And uh, this is the picture God gave me, that a good steward, a godly steward is hands up. And I want you to note something. We are this, in the sixth week of this series, and it's going to run all the way till Easter. Uh, we got lots more coming. But we have not talked about money in this stewardship series. But that's about to change. Today, We're going to talk about our treasure. Everyone say treasure, our money. And I've got a few disclaimers when I talk about money that I think are important for us to understand or to create some groundwork for us. Number one, I do not know who gives and who doesn't give here at the Gateway Church. We are very careful uh, for that. I see the numbers overall, but I don't see who gives, who doesn't give, and that's important to me. Hopefully, that's important to you. The number two that kind of is uh, in conjunction with that, I am not thinking about any particular person in the room when I share today. I, I assure you of that, except Pastor Bobby, maybe. No, I just kidding, I'm just kidding. And uh, but it's true. I, I was I was preparing. I, I I'm excited to share today, and I believe God has got a word for us. But I don't have anyone in particular in mind. The third thing, disclaimer, is some people say, well, the church shouldn't talk about money so much or talk about money at all. And I would come back and just respectfully say, look at Scripture. There are over 2,000 Scriptures in the Bible that talk about money and possession. And even Jesus talked about it. 16 out of 38 of the parables talked about money and possessions, And so there's precedence to talk about our treasure. And the last thing you have to know, and this is 100% the case, Satan does not want you to hear this message today. But... We're going to knock them in the teeth, and uh, we're going to have open hearts, open ears, and uh, uh, we want to receive what the Lord has for us today in the idea of time, talent, and treasure. And we've been working through these, and we've kinda, I believe that as we do this, the ante has kind of raised, the stakes are high, the potential is high for our church and for our city and to the ends of the earth. When we talk about time, talent, and treasure, our goal has been each week to say, all right, what does the Bible say about these topics, right? To take a biblical lens view. And you say, well, why is that so important? Well, it's critical because some among us, especially in the topic of money, some of us are more motivated by money than other people, Quick survey, be as honest as you feel like you can be. How many here are motivated like I am by money? Just raise your hand. All right, okay, we got a few people. You're motivated by money. Well... I've got a little story, and you may have seen some Jolly Ranchers out in the lobby. Uh, these Jolly Ranchers remind me of a time in my life when I was in junior high. This is, I think I'm just kind of born this way. And by the way, these are for the students. If you want to pass those around, if you think it's a good idea, Pastor Sean. I mean, I think it's a great idea. Students, they're going to love those, right? And uh, just wrap those up. But I was in junior high. And I would ride my skateboard to the local drugstore. It's called Arbor Drugs. It was about a half mile away. I'd uh, get on my skateboard and go. And it seemed like every couple days I was going and buying packages of bulk. It was like probably was probably 60 or 70 um, Jolly Ranchers in a container. And I would take those to school and I would be selling those, one for 10 cents, three for a quarter, and I was raking in the dough, let me just say. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, a bag that cost like $1.50 it was turning into $6 just like that. And I was doing that for months until the school told me I was no longer able to sell Jolly Ranchers. And the reason I tell you that story is because some of us are more It's just, it's true, more motivated by money than others. And so today, it's not what Ben Vey thinks. I just wanted to say that. It's what God thinks in regards to money and our treasure, in regards to stewardship and money. It starts with the decision to steward our resources with a heavenly mindset through the lens of Scripture. Then... When we demonstrate faithful stewardship with our money, we're godly stewards, we show that we realize we are stewards, not owners. Remember, we talked about that early on in the series, in regards to our money, when we offer up our tithes. Yes, today, we're going to talk about tithing, and from cover to cover, in God's Word, tithing is a principle seen and the old testament and the new testament it's a place to start kind of like the sabbath is with time and it is countercultural it is hard if especially if you are new to the faith or maybe you've never heard this t- concept today it might blow your mind when we start talking some of you might walk away today saying that seems impossible But I promise you, those that embrace this topic, people that are faithful, they love this message today. I promise you that. Uh, When we talk about tithing, the idea that we are built to thrive, and uh, today we're going to do our best to to do that. And I do want to say also that there's a lot of grace around this topic. What we're going to talk about today is not a salvation issue. This is not a God loves you more if you tithe or if you don't. Uh, it's not a love issue. But I do know this. My experience is, is that I've seen is that people who win with money are generous people. And generosity starts with our tithe. And uh, so stewardship and money, that money, it starts with our vertical relationship with Jesus. It's uh, it's all about honoring God, and we're going to see that. But you say tithing, that's an unfamiliar word to some. What does it mean? It simply means a tithe is one-tenth part of something. One-tenth part of something. So at the church, giving 10% of your financial increase, bringing it back to the Lord. And the classic uh, set of scriptures that we often turn to first in regards to this is in Malachi chapter 3. And if you turn there with me, Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6, let's look what it says. It says, I am the Lord, and I do not change, Period. That's important. This is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return to you when we've never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, how or what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse. The whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing. So great. You won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then the all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such or will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I want to go back to verse 6. When it talks about tithing, it starts the whole conversation with this phrase, I am the Lord. I do not change. That really spoke to me this week as I was studying Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. When we think about storehouse, storehouse giving, we talk about giving to the place where you are fed spiritually, where you're connected, where you're growing in your faith, where you're able to serve. For most of us, that's the local church. And then at the end of chapter uh, 3, verse 10, it says, if you do, there's a promise. I'll open the window of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing. And then there's this test. He says, try it. Put me to the test. This is one place in Scripture that really speaks about the tithe. Another place is in Deuteronomy chapter 14. This is part of the Old Testament law. It says you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year, bringing this tithe to the designated place of worship. Again, to the storehouse, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored and eat it there in, the pre- in its presence. This applies to the tithes of your grain, your new wine, your olive oil, and the firstborn males of your flocks and your herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. I want you to know that's in Deuteronomy. It's part of the Old Testament law, just like the Sabbath and rest. These are part of the law, and it's good for us. These were made for us. But with tithing, tithing is actually seen 400 years earlier in Scripture before the law. The Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, that's where we see the Ten Commandments rolled out, Moses. But 400 years earlier, predates, the first mention of tithing is Abraham being guided by the Holy Spirit to give a gift to the priest of Salem, Melchizedek. Everyone say Melchizedek. In Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 through 20, this is after uh, Abraham and Lot, they're taking over territories, they're going in, and and they've accumulated a lot of possessions, and then they're really honoring God. This is the story, it says, And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and the priest of God most high, brought Abraham some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God, God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who defeated your enemies for you. And so they recognize that God was with them, that they're were, they were taking ground. And then what does Abram do with all the possessions? He says, and then Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. It's interesting. So 400 years earlier, Fast forward just a few more chapters in Genesis, chapter 28. Uh, we have Jacob wrestling, or not wrestling, but he has this dream at Bethel, uh, which means the temple or the place of God or the house of God. And uh, in his dream, there are angels ascending up and down on this Jacob's ladder. How many have, are familiar with the story? If not, you can read it later. But it says after this that there's this promise in this dream that God is going to take care of Jacob. He wakes up, and look at verse 20. says, And Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me, if these promises are true, and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, all the things he's promised, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And then look what he says. I will present to God a tenth of everything he's given me. Jacob said, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give back to the Lord. And so we know it's part of the Old Testament law. This idea of tithing predates the law. And if you fast forward to the New Testament, we see tithing there as well. Even Jesus In Matthew 23 and in Luke 11, he talks about it. Let's look at Matthew 23, 23. He's actually uh, scolding the Pharisees because the Pharisees were faithful in their tithes, even in just little bits of tithe, but they were neglecting some of the other law, some of the other things that are even more important. Let's look at it. It says this, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of the religious law and Pharisees. And he calls them hypocrites. He says, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income of your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice and mercy and faith. You should tithe. This is Jesus' words. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So that tells us that tithing is important, but it's not the most important thing. But Jesus says in there and in Luke 11, he says, do both tithe, but also care about these other bigger things. For me, my story growing up in my household, we were encouraged to tithe. In fact, I brought my very first business adventure with me today. It, I keep it in this rad dog folder. I had to dig for it. I found it, though. And uh, this is a treasure to me for a couple different reasons. Uh, inside of this, um, this was the the uh, flyer that I put all over my neighborhood. Check this out. It says, "Tired of paying outrageous prices for lawn service? Nobody beats Ben." Is this dot matrix? Matrix? Is that what that is? Or, or the printer? I don't know. I'm not sure. Goes on your lawn can be mulched, bagged, and/or edged for an extremely affordable price. For a free home estimate, call 879-9315. And uh, I almost forgot my number growing up. And then for satisfaction, guaranteed dependable service, let your neighborhood lawn boy do your work for you. Call Ben Vey today. That's true. These were all over our neighborhood. This was part of my... um, first business. And uh, what's crazy in here, I've got bills and and, uh, receipts uh, from maintenance things for my lawnmower, different things. I kept all this. Uh, But what is even more significant is that inside of here, I would keep track. My mom would help me with this. Uh, Every time I would uh, yeah, let's go to that next slide there. Every time I'd uh, mow a lawn and get paid, I would mark out who paid which lawn, and then, and actually, uh, it was even if I had other income, so I, it was tithe, or I, I'm sorry, it was uh, uh, from lawn. I used to babysit a little bit, that's scary, um, uh, and, uh, or other. So any income I would record, and the important thing is, and it's a little hard to tell, but on the very far right side, uh, I would have a column for tithe, and I would cross it out when I paid my tithe. I show this to you to say, okay, all right, so I, I, I just told you earlier I was motivated by money. I was kind of a go-getter, started my own little business, and it was pretty successful, Uh, But the thing that I want you to hear is that as a kid, the first thing I was encouraged to do, instructed by my parents to do, was to tithe. It was how we grew up. And when you think about first, you might have heard another idea in Scripture called first fruits. How many have ever heard of first fruits that goes hand in hand with tithing? Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says this bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. The idea there in the NLT, it says bring your very best to the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says honor the Lord with your wealth. with the first fruits of your crops. Again, in the NLT, it's bring your very best part of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. You bring the best part. In Proverbs alone, 22 times, Proverbs talks about first fruit giving. First things first. So, imagine with me that we had Ten $100 bills. Wouldn't that be great? Well, we got it on the picture. I don't have it in person to give away, but I wish I did. But anyway, out of these ten $100 bills, which one is the tithe? You might be wondering. Hmm. Is it the top? Is it the middle? Is it the one on the bottom? You just close your eyes and just guess which one? The answer is the first one that is spent. The first one should be given, and the cool thing is when we honor God, our vertical relationship with God, we acknowledge Him first, and then the rest of those $100 bills are redeemed. In the Old Testament, this was a, even you would give your first fruits before the promise that there would be anything more. So in an agricultural uh, setting, they would have the first crop would come in. They'd give that to the Lord, back to the temple, to the, to the storehouse, right, without the promise that they would get anything else. It was a huge act of faith. It was a faith move. Before you, they would see the blessing, you give the tithe in faith. As I was studying this week, uh, I came across an illustration that either I'd never heard, I certainly didn't remember. Um, and it's in Joshua, Joshua chapter 6 through. Joshua chapter 8, three chapters, talks about the battle at Jericho. How many are familiar with the story? The children of Israel, they cross the, the river, they come to their first city to conquer. It's Jericho, and they encircle it, and they, you know, you, and then the walls come tumbling down. How many, if you know it, say amen. All right, so you know the story, right? It's interesting, within that story, when they, God told them to take the city, but to burn everything That they receive all of the plunder. You say, what in the world? Well, it was the first city that they were conquering, first fruits. They were to destroy everything in the city. And if you know the story, within chapter 6 to chapter 8, Achan was, uh, and his wife, they stole some of the plunder. They buried it under their tent. The very next city that they are going to go to, Ai, they should have creamed them just the same as Jericho, but they didn't. The Lord did not allow them to win, and Ai took, took over the Israelites, and there was this destruction. And then it was revealed that Achan had taken some of the plunder, and hidden it. He was confronted. He lied. He died. His wife came in. She lied. She died. It's part of the story. But then I want you to fast forward to Joshua 8, verses 1 and 2. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid and discouraged. I can just imagine Joshua leading the children of Israel and saying, man, we had someone keep some of the plunder. We get pumped, you know, plumped. Plum. Uh, pummeled, excuse me, destroyed, and uh, I'm, I'm afraid to move forward. But God comes to him and says, look, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attacked Ai, for I have given you the king of Ai, his people, his town, and his land. And interesting, where with Jericho, God had told him, said, destroy it all. Look what, he says, you will destroy them as you have destroyed Jericho and its king but this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourself. Interesting. I guess I didn't put those scriptures in there. Sorry. This time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourself. The principle of tithe, first fruits, firstborn, all are intended to honor God. And today... For most of us in the room, when it, there's, we give to God in direct proportion to the size of our paycheck. That's just kind of the reality of where we live, and we are to do it gladly because He is first in our lives, and the result is that we're blessed, He protects us, He provides for us, and it sets up one more mantra that I want to share with you that I'm not sure when I heard this. It was a few years back, but I've hung on to it in regards to tithing. And this is how it goes Tithing is life, not law. Will you say that with me? Tithing is life, not law. Yes, tithing is part of the Old Testament law, but it's not law to me, it's life. In Exodus chapter 13, we see a pattern of the, the children of Israel after they're rescued and uh, they flee Isra- uh, the slavery in Egypt and they, they start to share some of the testimony and that they pass down from generation to generation the idea of the firstborn and the first fruits and of tithing. You say, why is that? Why would they do that, pass it down from generation to generation? Because it reminded them that God's mighty hand is what who provided and got them out of, it, out of slavery, out of Egypt, right? Well, the same thing is true in my family in regards to tithing. My grandpa, Zoltan, who went to be with the Lord last fall, he was always talking about giving, always talking about being faithful in our tithes. In fact, last year, about this time, I shared his story. He shared it with me, and and I was like, man, this is incredible, because he had shared with his church, uh, and they got him on video. And uh, and it's interesting. I did my grandpa's funeral last fall, and at the funeral, my... My grandpa's pastor said, hey, I've got that video. I've got to get that to you where it talks about your grandpa talking about giving and about tithing. And uh, he he got it to me. I didn't have the guts to watch it until this last week, but I did. And then I shared it with Bobby, and uh, I want to share it with you today. For the sake of generations and generations understanding why we do what we do, This is my grandpa Zoltan. I love him, I miss him, and let him share with you his story about tithing.
2: My name is Zoltan Vay, and as a young man, my brother called me up to work for him in Arizona, and as I went there, uh, I had two children when I went there, and then I had three more, twins and another one, and I had five children, and the doctor bills were really high, you know, wages were low in the 60s. So I, I couldn't pay my tithe. And we're, it seemed like the less I paid, the harder it got. So I said, at the altar at New Year's Eve, one year, I think it was 1962, I said, honey, we're gonna pay our tithe and make the doctors wait. They got money. <laughs> pay them a little bit every month. And that's what we did. And ever since then, I have adequate amount of money. I have plenty of money. I'm not rich, but I have plenty of money. And I'm, uh, I'm comfortable and I'm, a, I'm not even a high school educated, nothing, but God's been good to me. Yes. And so I had plenty of money and I never filled my tithe ever since 1962. And I love to get to God's work because they're doing a great job, and I know that Jesus is coming soon, so we've got to be busy working for him, and and I've, I've had plenty of everything. I got a lovely home paid for, a nice car, and everything paid for, and I never dreamt I'd be living this comfortable, but God is my supplier. He supplies everything I need. I have more than enough.
1: Yes. Isn't that awesome? That's a treasure for me. And I'll tell you, in the team, you can come. In the Vey household, my grandma and grandpa, they talked about this. My parents talked about it. I've talked about it. i pass it on to my kids. I've said, hey, if you're living under my roof, you're going to give uh, your tithes. And above that, we are the vase. We care about missions, so you have to do something for missions, whether it's a dollar a month or whatever. And uh, I just can hear my grandpa saying, God is my supplier. And I've said that over and over, and it's something we pass on, and it's, it's healthy for us. We took Acts chapter 20, verse 35 seriously, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You say, why would you do that? Why generations? Well, listen, today I tithe because it's provided life for me and my family. Bottom line, period. And there's a supernatural perspective that comes that is hard to believe until you try it. And that supernatural perspective is that you can actually do more with 90% than you do with 100%. It's a supernatural principle. And I see some of your faces. You're like, yes, you're with me. You know you've experienced that. For others of you, there's some shame around this topic of tithing. But I want to say one more time, there's a lot of grace here. God does not love you any less or any more based on your giving. In fact, with money in general, it's a heart thing. Matthew 6, 21, wherever your heart or wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will also be. It starts with your treasure, where your treasure, it doesn't say where your heart is, that's where you put your treasure. No. You show me where you spend money or how you give That reveals what's in your heart. With money, money is not the point, it's our heart to honor God. Does God need our money? No. But let me just remind you of two more verses going back to the beginning. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I do not change. And then a few verses later says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, the windows of heaven will open. I'll pour out a blessing so great that you won't be able to contain it. And then at the end of it, it says, try it. Put me to the test. And what we want to do here as we close is we want to kind of bring you all to the point where the rubber meets the road, where you make a decision. I want to put one of these in every single one of your hands. This is for you and, uh, and for you and the Lord. Uh, when you get it, you can kind of crinkle it in half and then it should tear apart really easily. The part that you keep is the part that has a signature. This is a part that you're gonna make a commitment to the Lord and you're gonna tuck this in your Bible or you're gonna put it in your wallet or you're gonna put it where you do your finances and it's gonna remind you of your commitment to the Lord. The other portion here in a moment We're going to sing and respond we want you to bring it to the altar and just to say all right god and this is what you're going to say it says with the lord's help i commit to faithfully give my tithes back to the lord and so it's a commitment between you and god again we're not going to follow up with you on this but this is just you and the lord saying okay all right if what pastor ben's saying is true If God's word, this is His perspective on treasure and money, it starts with the tithe. Are you willing to give the Lord the benefit of the doubt that this is good for you? And would you partner with Him? We're going to take this and say, All right, Lord, when you respond and you bring these to the altar like First Service did, it's like you're saying, God, I want to live with open hands. You can get it to me. You can get it through me. And I promise you, it's the best way to live. Let's pray. Lord, I pray this morning, this afternoon now, that you just continue to capture our hearts. And God, as we interact with this idea that you have called us to be stewards in our lives, in every area, including our money, and in regards to money, Our first act is to honor you first with our tithe. I pray that you would quicken us, help us to respond today in Jesus' name. I want everyone to stand. And when you are ready to make that commitment to the Lord, you can tear that off. And any time through this song, we want to just invite you to come and to bring those things to the altar. and, And then let's worship him. Pastor Bobby, you can lead us. Thank you.
0: Jesus, we just thank you. And says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God, we thank you that it was in your nature to give. And that's why we have salvation. That is why your son came, Lord. And we thank you. Let us be people that follow in your footsteps, to be people who are generous, to be people who are giving, Lord. That you've given us everything that we have. And you're a God who sacrificed everything for us. So, Lord, be make us aware just of how where our hearts are and how we give and where our treasure is. Lord, what kingdom are we investing in? What kingdom are we building? In? And we thank you that when we invest in your kingdom, when we invest in your way, when we do things according to your will, that we are building up your kingdom, a kingdom that will last for eternity. That after our treasures fade away, after we're here and gone, that we're building your kingdom, your church, will span throughout eternity. Lord, thank you that you allow us to invest in that, to be part of that, to partner with you in that. Lord, and I pray for those of us who who struggle sometimes in trusting you with our finances, whether it's because of bills we have or, or things we want. Lord, help us to be people who have open hands. Lord, that we would grow in this area. Lord, and I pray for those who are maybe, where where maybe it's easy for them to give monetarily, but they use it as an excuse that they give all of their time so that they can gain more wealth. Lord, challenge them to be better stewards as well and how they handle their time or what they do with their talents, Lord, that their wealth or their giving wouldn't be an excuse not to be good stewards elsewhere. Lord, and we thank you. We thank you that we work not for compensation, but Lord, we work. We'll go to our jobs this week, we'll go to school in order to be collaborators, to be people who are bringing heaven to earth in our workplaces, in our schools, at our homes, with our family, with our friends. are redeeming us and with that you redeem our time and our talents and our treasure and we know that as we leave this place as your ambassadors as your emissaries being commissioned by a king to build a kingdom that you will go before us behind us and all around us every single step of the way jesus we thank you for that call and we go in your grace and all god's people say amen Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from The Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.